Welcome to the Messy Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Morris, life coach and musician, and I help creative folks like you live intuitive, intentional lives so you can focus on what you really came here to do, make art and change the world. Let's go. All right. Hi, River. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Cool. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I'm River Stofflet. I live in Seattle and I make things sometimes. Yeah. What kinds of things? <laughs> um, gosh. Well, I really have gotten into drawing in the last couple of years um, and like wood burning, like with the little Ooh, yeah. burning machine. So that's been cool. Um, and I paint and I like to do music and cook. Yeah. Yeah. We met when you hosted K-Karaoke, which was my favorite night of the week for many years. And you're a very, I mean, you're a very talented musician, singer, performer, all of the things and karaoke host. So. Thanks. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. K-Karaoke was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, That was like a project that me and two of my friends started, my friend Tori and my friend Mary. And you remember it, but just for context for the people that are listening, totally. it was cool because it was the only like, well, one, it was the only karaoke that was focused on like vegan cuisine, Yeah, um, which was cool. And it was also neat because we were the only karaoke thing that was like themed around a thing right? Um, in Seattle at that time. Um, yeah. Yeah, and for people that don't know, it was one night a week at the High Lime, which is a vegan restaurant, and they would bring in a vegan sheet cake from, I actually don't know where the sheet cake came from. Tori would make those. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and it was always delicious. I wasn't vegan at the time, but it was like the one night of the week that I was like, this is, I am all about everything vegan tonight. Totally. Yeah. It was Um, was really inclusive, which was cool. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a nice community of people that were just like supporting anything that they wanted to do on stage. And like, oh, it was so beautiful. And I also loved that it was cake rookie because every once in a while I'd tell someone that I'd never been and they'd be like, so is it just cake songs? (laughs) I was like, definitely. (laughs) I don't think one time I heard a cake song actually, but (laughs) it was a lot of, yeah, it was more like Pat Benatar and Donna Summer. (laughs) Yes. Uh Uh-huh. It was good stuff. It was cool. You also make zines. You've shared those. You've been to art nights and shared your zines. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I finished one zine, um, the one that you read, of course, um, which is called Preparation for a Journey, Volume 1. Basically, okay, so maybe I have to give context. So I'm really, 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 really into Unsolved Mysteries. Um as a child, I watched Unsolved Mysteries. I'm sure you remember this in the 80s and early 90s. I was not allowed because I thought I was going to get abducted by aliens. So at a certain point, I was not allowed to watch it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, same. Like, I remember seeing that movie Communion and it, like, terrified me. Totally. But I, it, there was something about it that I was really turned on by. Like, the idea of this unknowable like this concept that there is no answer to something felt very attractive to me. Um, And I wonder how much of that was like in response to like being brought up in a religious environment. And I think maybe that was my 
maybe my childhood subconscious desire to break away from that in some way. And I think that maybe it was my kind of extreme way of like finding my own kind of magical way of thinking as a kid, right? Yeah. So I got really into the idea of ghosts, aliens, that kind of stuff. I don't know if I actually believe in any of that stuff, but the idea of it, I think is really cool. Totally. So I guess that was my context, but I guess what inspired me doing this zine was I wanted to do an, I wanted to do a zine and I also wanted to do something that was about exploring how do I say this? Exploring um, someone's desire to be heard. Sure. Yeah. And seen. And so the story follows, you remember the story follows um, Travis Walton, which was a man that was uh, abducted, he claims, um, by some type of creatures and uh, was horribly abused by them. And I wanted to explore a culture of where we talk about that type of trauma, not, not aliens or whatever, but just where, where we can kind of facilitate a culture of listening. uh, Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Without needing to maybe like internally validify how it happened and maybe more focus on like, just what was your experience and what does that mean to you? Precisely. And I think that sometimes, and I I would love to hear your take on this, but I think that sometimes our culture focuses way too much on how can I personally attach my story to this person's experience, Mm -hmm. which I think, unfortunately, um, negates a lot of our ability to be compassionate and empathetic. I think sometimes we have to accept that we don't understand and that we don't need to understand to, 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 have empathy. So I think that maybe that's why I wanted to explore that topic because it's a little easier, I think, to digest for people. Um, And we all have stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love, I think that's such a powerful like reason for art is to explore things in a way that isn't so emo like it becomes emotionally tied but you don't go into it emotionally tied to like I need to process through this it's kind of the after effect of just being involved in art and I think that's such a the the beauty of it and I love how you described like using kind of the supernatural as that being the vehicle because it is something where you can get into the mystical part of it rather than feeling so emotionally tied to like the truth I mean I think people that do feel that way then don't fall into any discussion of supernatural but I think it is a really beautiful vehicle for yeah like let's just explore what was this experience I think so often like I think you brought up a really good point of we need to know the truth of something versus what it means to us which just is the wrong question as well as Uh, we ask why in a way to explain blame instead of to explore how to experience things differently, which I also think that art is such a beautiful vehicle for of asking the the same question in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. I I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think that my intent with this um, was absolutely everything that you said. And I think that the other part of it for me, and this is just totally personal, my intent also was to explore, <clears throat> excuse me, listening to someone's story without 
any desire to attach meaning or or anything else to it. Just yeah. going, I believe you. Right. And yeah. and not having to go, I believe you because no, 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 no. There's no condition. Right. I believe you because you said it and that's fucking it. And yeah. I really wanted to kind of facilitate that type of um, conversation, I guess. I love it. Yeah. And I, I mean, that energy was definitely in the story. Like I I've told you before, it was, it's so beautifully written and just like really engrossing. And it is, you are taken in, in a sense of like, there's no question of, do I believe this? Because why that's not, that's not the point. Like, it's just very, you're in that world of like, it's not the point as to whether or not this is true or valid or anything. It's just, this is the story. This is what is. And what am I, what am I taking from that? Not like for me, but like, what is that saying to me? You know? Mm, Thank you. Oh, that's really kind. Well, and I'm not a writer, you know, I didn't get like good grades and stuff in high school. I didn't go to college, you know, I didn't do any of that stuff. Um, Not to diminish other people's choices of doing that. I'm just saying I, and I wasn't like an academic and I'm not an academic. And so the other side of that, and I wanted to add this because I forgot to, another part of me to choosing to make a zine is that I'm not a writer. I'm bad at spelling. I don't really know how to use punctuation. Um, so I decided to lean into that. And so I got rid of technology. I, I didn't use a computer. Um, I didn't use, I used a typewriter from 1960 yeah. something. And I intentionally did that because I wanted to be able to practice a form of radical self-acceptance where I could type this out there's a mistake. I look at it and go, cool, there's a mistake, whatever. So yeah. there's misspellings, there's run on sentences. And that was totally, um, well, the intention for the misspelling wasn't there, but the non sure. was. The acceptance of it was there. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, it, you know, it added so many different elements to it. One being that it, it was kind of like gave you put you into those times because it, it it was not really like a technological time in that sense. So like that made sense. And I just, you know, this podcast is called messy magic. Like it's all about the mess is not a problem and it's how we define what a mess is, is also subjective, but like, yeah, just leaning into like, is it even a mistake? It's just the thing that happened. Like I just spelled it this way and that's not how we've all agreed it's spelled. And that's fine. Like, that's just, these are just the facts of it. Right. Ooh, I like that. I like what you just said, agreed to it. Cause that kind of is it, right. That we're collectively agreeing that something is right or wrong when it comes to things like grammar or whatever. Totally. And I think sometimes in the art world, and I'm, I'm sure you could probably empathize with this, that sometimes when you're making stuff, music or paintings or whatever, there's this like cultural desire for it to be quote unquote perfect. And mm-hmm. I don't love that concept of perfection. One, cause I don't think a perfect thing has ever existed, but also it's like, I feel like it pigeonholes you into not being able to let go of the fact that you're doing something for yourself. Right. Um, and not for some, I don't know, fucking external validation. You know what I mean? Like you're just doing totally. it. Well, and that's what I, I talked about on, uh, at when this podcast comes out, the second to last episode about perfectionism, where I actually 
I've kind of come around for my, at least myself and no one else has to agree, but like, I do think perfection exists. I just don't think it's what everyone says it is. I think that perfection is just what is true and what is now. Like, because we keep, there is no objective definition of perfection. And that's why we say it doesn't exist because we can't all agree on it. But if all we're looking for is truth, then perfection does exist. And if that's what we're seeking, like we can allow ourselves to seek perfection in just saying like, is this true to me? And so then like, you know, to your point, like if you made a spelling error in quotes, it's still perfect because it is right. I love that. I love that. That's like saying one of my favorite quotes is um, you're beautiful because you are yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that maybe, yeah, maybe that's the same thing, right? Like you are perfect as you are. You don't have to strive to be someone else or, right. you know, be who you are right now. You know, you don't that have to worry about who you are yeah. tomorrow. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, and that allows you to fluidity with everything. Like, I think we, we get really caught up on like, is, you know, is this project that I'm, this art project, is this done? It just is like, maybe it is done today and it, you can allow the fluidity of like, in two months, I might change it. And it still is this thing. It's just what it is today versus two months ago. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I, I draw a lot from media when it comes to like making stuff. Like, you know, I do paintings and a Mm -hmm. lot of, most of them are landscapes. Um, Or like sometimes mixed media, but mainly landscapes. Excuse me. And I think that one of the reasons why I'm attracted to painting landscapes is because they are imperfect. They're radically imperfect. Yeah. They're so imperfect that they're perfect. And there's no wrong or right way to painting a landscape, according to Bob Ross. And I agree. And I think that's a very beautiful process is to like, like a mountain, right? You're like, you're scraping in a mountain with a whatever knife thingy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And your knife slips and it leaves this weird thing. And you're like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Who's to say there isn't a mountain somewhere on this vast planet that looks like that? Right. Or another planet, you know, or like. Planet, or in your brain or whatever. Like, I don't totally. know. Yeah. Yeah. And I also want to go back just for a second, because I just recorded an episode um, about tarot and in it, I was, because I've been asked about it a few times and I bring this up just to say that I realized as I was talking about it, I was like, I'm not an expert in this. Like I've not been trained. I've not like taken classes or anything. And as I was saying it, it was kind of the same thing as like you saying, I'm not a writer. Like I've not gone to, I didn't get good grades or whatever of like, we still in our society have this association with like, I, I'm not this thing or I'm not an expert in this thing because I haven't done the like formal training in it mm. versus like, if you had never said anything, I'd read your zine and be like, well, you, you wrote this. Like, this is great. I love this. You're absolutely a writer. And I don't, I don't think that either way of determining who you are and what you assign to yourself is wrong. Just mm. that there are, I like, I explored it for myself of like, do I, do I need to be an expert? What does that mean? And can I just be this thing? And is that enough? Like, what is your perspective on that? Ooh, that's great. Well, I think that you use, at least from my perspective, I think that you use the million dollar word enough. And I think that you're always enough, no matter where you're at. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that sometimes, and I'm guilty of this too. I think that sometimes we get, we fall into this, um, 
space of self-criticizing or, 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 or uh, self-judgment where we go, okay, well, I'm not Truman Capote, so therefore I'm not a writer. Sure. Well, who the fuck is Truman Capote? I mean, he right. was one real smart dude that wrote a pretty killer books or killer books. But why do I have to compare myself to Truman Capote? Like right. Truman Capote is perfect how he is. Um, I can be how I am. So I think that sometimes I personally, and I'm only talking for myself, sometimes I have to stop and say, wait a second, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't have to say, oh, I'm not a writer because of this, that, or the other. Sometimes I want to give context for people that, no, 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 I am not a writer. <laughs> That's intentional. Yeah. And so I think sometimes that way that that person isn't looking at that and then distracted by it. Because I think that for some people sure. that are an academic, that might be distracting, right? They're looking at it and they're like, oh shit, there's so many misspellings, is that right? So totally. Um, I, that was a really long answer. I'm sorry. No, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you did touch on that, that point of like, you get to decide when and if and how you own different identities. Like maybe in some context you do own, like I am a writer and in some you're like, I'm not. And neither of those have any like moral underpinning. Like it's just how you're feeling in the moment. And that goes into that discussion of fluidity of like, right now I feel this way and right now I don't and both are fine like and neither both are of them enough just to use your exactly. word yeah both, both are enough. enough yeah totally or like that because I, I think that and I, I would love to hear your perspective on this I think that sometimes this concept of I think that sometimes the word artist is very loaded um and comes with a lot of gross baggage totally. um but I think in that vein right like writer artist all this stuff sometimes insinuates all this bullshit that's not real like that it like oh somebody goes oh you're an artist I'm like well I make art and stuff sure I go okay yeah I mean I'm an artist but sometimes the stuff that comes along with that is this assumption that I have a desire to make a bunch of money or to fucking be in a gallery or whatever which I don't and I could really care less. Um, I do it because I want to. And so sometimes it's, I guess, it's a weird, I guess, transition that I made. But I guess sometimes the enoughness that we were talking about, I think we have to think about sometimes the words that are loaded that uh, sometimes almost insinuate that we aren't enough. Yeah. Well, I think kind of what you're- Does that make sense? No, totally, totally. I think what you're kind of touching on is like, understanding the kind of basic impact that words tend to have like the the reasonable assumption that I can make that you're going to make of what I'm saying and then going into that like deciding your words and going into the conversation like am I willing to discuss nuance right now or not like I think that's kind of what it is because like it doesn't matter if you call yourself an artist they're going to think whatever they're going to think no matter what what am I reasonably assuming they're going to think? And, and am I okay with them being wrong? And am I okay? Like having a, like having this nuanced discussion of here's what that means to me, you know? Ooh, thank you. Yeah. I, I don't think I had words for that. Thank you. That's great. And I've thought about that a lot too, you know, as a musician and it's, it's very similar. Like, do I own that title? What does that mean to people? Often that's like, Oh, so like you're going to make money at the gig. Like, 
<laughs> yeah and like weird pretension that comes along with that oh you're a musician so you know music theory or whatever and it's like oh no, yeah you know how to fucking read music like yeah well I've had people <laughs> ask me to teach them guitar and I'm like whoa whoa what did I say <laughs> I feel you yeah I've had that and I'm like sure I can teach you how to play guitar but I'm not gonna be able to tell you what chord I'm teaching you exactly like, yeah put your finger there <laughs> I can show you what my brain is doing. I don't know if that that's going to translate for you. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of weird to talk semantics, but I think that sometimes we get caught up in this. Yeah. Semantic. We attach sometimes I think we attach semantics to identity. And I think that that can get wonky. um, Sometimes. And I think then we like a lot of times we do get caught up in that thing that we were just talking about of like, what am I assuming they're going to assume? And then we get caught up in like, oh, geez, like they're going to think this. And so I should say this. And like, I kind of just have found myself to err on the side of I'm okay if they're wrong about my intentions, as long as it doesn't obviously like hurt them or like any, like if it's just like my intentions of like my identities, you know, but like, I'm okay with them being wrong about it and assuming I want to make a lot of money with music and assuming that I want to do these things that I don't like, it's fine. But it's okay to want to. And I think that I do the same thing. I think that my hope is to encourage that dialogue and have some, right. And like, I'm okay with them feeling differently or whatever, but I want to talk about it. What does that word mean to you? Musician or whatever. Yeah. So if you're thinking like, is there a word that you do, like, do you would you tend towards artist or maker or creative or like, is there a word that you, I I personally like feel challenged by that question myself. So I'm curious how that lands for you. Like, is there a word that you kind of find yourself leaning towards? Gosh, that's a really neat question. Um, Wow. I don't know if I've ever really stopped to think about that. Um, Wow. I don't know if I have an answer. I, I think that, yeah. I, I guess my answer would be I'm comfortable with whatever someone decides to attach to it. Yeah. So like it- Living just, in the process. Yeah. So like, I feel like, let's say it was your birthday and I gave you a drawing or something. You're like, oh, what a neat thing. You're such an artist. I, I would feel fine with that. Sure. Or, oh, you're such an interesting creator or whatever. I, fe- I think I would feel fine with ever, whatever you chose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Like- I guess it, it makes me think like what if I was making a business card what would I put on it yeah and I don't know what I would I feel like maybe I just put my name yeah like, which I love like I think I think that can be and and should be is enough like mm-hmm. my name could be enough of an identity for all of the nuanced things because you do so many like you are a creator in so many different ways I think mm-hmm. that's where a lot of us do I don't think we need to have a title or word or whatever. Like, I think we can live in the nuance of all the things. And I'm just, I'm always curious by that because I find myself like, well, I do a lot of different things. Like, what is the word that. Stuff doer. I mean, maybe just like, like fun haver, like maybe yeah. that would be it. Like, I just like to have fun. I love it. Yes. That's on and your business card. I love it. Yeah. Cause like, 
it's fun, right? To just sit down and do something or to like pick up a guitar and just like bang on it. How do you decide which avenue you're going to go down? Like if you're feeling a creative pull, like what is that experience like for you? Are you like, this is the time I play guitar or is it just like, I don't know. What's that like? That's a really great question. Um, It fluctuates, but I would say that probably a lot of my draw is what I'm consuming. So a lot of what I end up doing is what I'm being inspired by or being or stealing from, frankly. So like, let's say I'm like listening to lots of records. I'm probably going to be more inclined to like pick up my guitar or play the keyboard or something. Whereas if I'm looking at drawings or like, you know, going on someone's page and looking at their cool paintings, I might be more inspired to paint. Um, but I do try and when, whenever possible, I try to schedule time to do little things here and there. Like, oh, I'm going to make someone a mixtape or I'm going to, yeah, that kind of thing, I guess. Nice. So I try to schedule it to some degree, but not it. too much. <laughs> yeah. How do you find that balance? I really come home to myself a lot. I ask myself a lot of questions about where I'm feeling at any moment. So I, something, and this is just my personal kind of process, but I think that something that's helpful for me is how are you feeling right now? Do you feel like doing, or do you feel like not doing? And that's the question that I ask myself regularly. Um, because I think that sometimes we do things to avoid being and doing nothing. And so I try to also schedule nothing uh, I where I, I'm not doing, I'm not reading, I'm not painting, I'm not. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. No, I love that. I think, I mean, I hope everyone listening takes that so much to heart because I think it's such a vital thing that it took me a long time to come around to like, you don't, you, you probably shouldn't schedule doing things for every hour of your day. Like you should Ooh. schedule some hours of just like whatever happens, happens. And, and part of that, whatever is like not anything at all. Like 100%. No, no TV, no books, no conversations, no radio. Yeah. Go and stare at a wall. <laughs> you oh. know what I mean? Go, yeah. go sit and pet a cat uh-huh. or something. You know, whatever you can do to get away. And I guess everyone's different. So that doesn't work for everyone. But I can say for myself, if I don't have that, then I catch myself wanting to fill time. Sure. Yeah. And instead of being with that process and being like, okay, I'm sitting down to draw a bird, for instance. If I do do too much all the time, I'll, I'll catch myself where I sit down to draw the bird. My brain is somewhere else. Yeah. You know, it's over here going, Ooh, you want pizza. You okay, know? Well, my brain's always saying that, but <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. My brain is too. But you know, it's like thinking, yeah. Oh man, pizza. That's cool. Oh, I could get mushrooms. I could get, and instead it's like, no, maybe I should just be here with this bird. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that's helpful for me is to um, schedule times where I don't fill my brain with anything at all. Yeah, and I think, it's so important for obviously so many reasons, but I've, I think often too about like our generation and older having time where we were bored 
mm-hmm. you know, and how yeah. much creativity came out of that and how much self-exploration came out of that and skills, even just mental skills that is like just not a part of our culture right now it it feels like unless you're intent like you're saying like intentionally and I have to catch myself too like sometimes I'll be journaling and I'll kind of space out and I used to make it a problem and now I'm like that's my thinking that's my like space time yeah I don't have to actively be writing to be in this present moment like Mm -hmm. all of it is a part of it and I I don't like it seems like our, our culture is very much but like consume and do, and that's your two options. 100%. And I think that you used a really good word that I'd want to highlight is um, space. Spaciousness, I think, is for me, and I should really emphasize this, for me, spaciousness is um, where I want to be. Mm -hmm. and And I think I would like to try and do more spacious projects um projects that are aimless that have no yeah finishing point mm-hmm. um I've been getting really into making art that is um impermanent um art it, that, more. so I've been trying to make art that's consumable or breakable um mm-hmm. like food I want to start making things that are just left somewhere to rot yeah things that are aimless that don't have a finish I really like the idea of doing non-finishable art I love it because I think it creates a spaciousness where you're able to just kind of explore it both as the person doing it but also as the person consuming it Mm -hmm. and see it um so one of my ideas and this is totally in its infancy is to do a project called the art of being bored I love it where would be a journal that um, you do and the journal is about about your boring process in every day. Yes. So like what, you know, like an hour a day you sit down and you talk about, okay, how did I, how did I help encourage myself to be bored? Oh, I love that question. Yes. We're so afraid of it. I feel like we would become afraid of being bored as if that space is a problem. 100%. And I think that we've failed to realize that boredom, like failure, is your best friend. Oh, yeah. These are crucial elements of self-acceptance and growth and wisdom, I think. Personally, that's my belief system. Well, it's so interesting because I feel like we societally, like, have this idea that failure is so bad or whatever. Mm. As if success is then really great, right? Like that's kind of right. perspective, which sure. But also it's like, but then we don't take the success and live in it either. Like we think that that's the better option right. and then we don't do anything. We're like, well, we did the thing. Now there's the next thing to do. So we're not living in any of it is, is kind of I how I could it. not agree more. Tom Waits has this really great, great quote, um, uh, success is far more dangerous than failure has ever been. And I, I really l- try to live by that as much as possible because there's this nebulous concept of success, first of all, I think is problematic in that it 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 suggests that there's an upper point echelon of 
something that you could actually master something, which I personally do not agree with. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's ever been someone that's fully mastered anything. Yeah. Um, I do think, you know, you can get close to, to mastering things, but I think that tr- to truly learn something is to be always learning something. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk to someone that's really, someone that's super great at painting, right? Somebody that's like, just say somebody that's like wicked amazing at painting, right? There's never a point in their life where they stop being better. Right. And stop failing. Yeah. Uh, Wouldn't that be boring? Super boring. And also you wouldn't fucking learn anything. Yeah. You know, you got to fall down you know, to learn how to walk. So I, I think that, I don't know. I, I think a lot about this, our societal idea of failure is ugly. Yeah. You know? And it's like, that's where, that's the fun part. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. doesn't always feel fun in it and that's fine. Like we, it doesn't need to be, right. but if you can see it that way, it really is. It's like, that's where you learn everything. Like that, that also just is every point of the process, except for whatever your goal was in the mo- the one second where you attain it, quote unquote, whatever that means, mm. everything else is the quote unquote failure. So like, that's just life, right? I agree. And I think that's one of our cultural dangers of goal setting. I think that our culture has this idea of setting these distant um, lines go, okay, this is where I'm trying to attain. And I think that sometimes that not to say that that's always bad, but I'm saying that sometimes when we set these very hard goals for ourselves, we're not allowing ourselves space. Yeah. And we're not allowing the fact that, you know, sometimes, sometimes there is no destination. Yeah. Um, Sometimes, sometimes you start a painting and it's never finished. Mm-hmm. And that's perfect. And that's perfect. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I think that that in itself is maybe that spaciousness that we were talking about, right? Is um, to try and create a little bit more aimlessness, a little bit less, um, not to say that we shouldn't set goals because I, I do think we should, but maybe we don't need to have lofty ones all the time. And maybe we don't have to attach this idea of success to them all the time right and set ourselves up for disappointment totally yeah I I goals have been something that I've been really exploring over the past year and I I don't think I'm quite in a space yet to I mean as with anything like I I don't think there's an end point to my internal discussion about goals like I love them I'm intrigued by them I set them and I love just being and like enjoying my day-to-day life. Like I almost love habits more than anything, not for the sake of like routine or anything like that, but just like, who am I being like today's habits are who I am being. It's how I'm filling my time. And sometimes that time is spacious and that's all it is. But I, I think there is a balance and I I think there is a point to goals like you're saying, but I also Mm -hmm. think it's much more important to focus on like, what's happening right now? Like, Where am I at? Yeah. Always, Where am I at this is it. I this is the only thing we have is this exact second in time. Yes. 
And every time you take yourself out of that, it's not like there isn't any reason to or purpose or value, but it's still never more important than right here, right? Yes, I could not agree more. My perspective is very much that life exists now. Um, and it doesn't exist yesterday and it doesn't exist tomorrow. Um, and I think that when we start getting caught up in this idea of success or failure, this kind of dualistic conflict arises in our, in our brains where we start wanting to separate things into categories, good, bad, up, down, black, white. And it becomes a little bit less, um, compassionate and I think we start uh setting ourselves up to this way of thinking where it's like oh I'm bad if I don't get a success or I am wrong if I don't finish that painting Mm -hmm. no (laughs) yeah yeah we just never question it and it's like when you do it's like wait what like there's no way there's no way that could be true (laughs) Right. That whole idea that if you start something, you have to finish it thing, I think is horribly disgusting. Yeah. Um, The don't do it unless you're going to do it right thing, I think is also disgusting. I don't know. Agreed. Yeah. What does that even mean? What do those words mean? Like they're so, we just, we place so much value on subjective words that it's, it just, it blows my mind. It's like, there's no, there's no collective idea of what is right I mean there are certain yeah. things that a majority are probably like that's more right than not <laughs> you right. know? like don't don't blow people up or whatever right like like I think we could most of us could agree that that's like not a good thing to do not but, cool don't do that <laughs> but that still is like we're on varying degrees of what even that means right sure. like sure. there's just always nuance and we're in and we've lived for so long in this it makes sense. We li- we've lived so long in this fear of nuance because it's not as easy to understand, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just, it requires more discussion. Like we're talking about like, yes, what word do you want to use to describe yourself as a creative in whatever field? We're so scared of that longer discussion because it takes more time. Like everything needs to yes. be so quick. And it, and it requires space. It requires space, yeah. Which a lot of people are very uncomfortable with. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people, and I'm, this, is not, I, this is not a judgment toward anyone, sure. but we have been conditioned by our society to fear that, that uh, space of being with ourselves. Totally. And yeah. that's why we fall into rigidity. That's why we fall into these rigid concepts of... Mm-hmm this is how I feel, or this is how I am or whatever. And, you know, rigid tree breaks, you know, yeah. you got to be bendy and excuse me and kind of go with it a little bit. Totally. I love it. You got to be bendy. <laughs> got to be bendy, right? Like everything is kind of a spectrum and it doesn't have to be this kind of like success, failure. Like, no, it can be both and it can be none. It can be. Yeah. Yeah, it can be none. Like, it, it can, can just be, be the experience that you have. Keyword B. It could just be. Yeah, it could just be it could a just thing. Be. Uh, and I think to, not intentionally, but to kind of bring it back to karaoke, like, it's something that I think about often that, and I think maybe people are starting to really hear this message, but that 
I, you know, I love karaoke. I love, I personally love performing and singing. Like that's just something that's really, I'm very passionate about in general, but also I just love the experience of it because it is very much, it's, it's so focused on the process versus the outcome. Yes. And, (laughs) and, uh, but when I would invite people like, Hey, this is a really fun thing you're not required to do anything like just come and have a good time. I would have, get a lot of resistance because people were like, I'm not good at singing. So I don't like karaoke. And I just think it's, it's a mirror for a lot of things in life. And you don't have to choose to go to karaoke after this or whatever, but like the idea, uh, I mean, you should, but the idea is (laughs) just kidding. It's just that like, it's about the, like all of it is about the process and just like, you don't have to be quote unquote good. Like that's not the point. It's the point of creating and being and doing to do, to create, to be. Yeah. Like what's your perspective? Wow. I, it's like you took that from my heart. Um, I felt that way for many years when Mary and I were new to hosting karaoke at the Highline because pr- prior to that it was a place called uh, at a place called Squidney the little vegan place in oh Georgia. sure mm-hmm. and uh I was hosting it mainly and then Tori was co-hosting it before Mary came in and so when Mary and I started doing it at Highline there were two things that we fundamentally were somewhat rigid about um and they, the two things were every single person gets celebrated yes actually I'm sorry it was three things that we were kind of rigid on Every single person that goes on that stage or doesn't go on that stage gets yeah. celebrated. And that was very important to us. And it, it's a value that I hold to this day. And it was a culture that we created or not created. I should say that's the egotistical for me to say we helped facilitate, I think. Totally. And then the second thing was that every person that went up there, when they were up there, it was their time. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing that we agreed on that when that was on, that's why when some drunk person would go to jump on the stage, we'd typically tap them on the shoulder and go, come on here, come to the dance floor. Right. Unless it was someone's best friend and they went up there to sing with them or whatever. Of course. Yeah. So that was the other thing we were fairly rigid on. And then the third thing that we were very rigid on was we're not going to take bribes. And that's something that a lot of, and I only bring this up because I think it creates another environment where it's like, hey, you know what? Like, no, no one is above anyone else. No one's skill level is above. No one's popularity because they are friends with so-and-so or whatever. Right. Right. So if you came and you put a ticket in, you might wait a fucking hour. Yeah. And that was what made us special uh, because somebody would go, oh, I'll give you $10 if I can. No, you can give us $10. We'll take your $10. <laughs> We're not going to move. Jar's right uh, there. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to have to wait for Jennifer. You're going to have to wait for Vanessa. You're going to have to wait for Joey to totally. sing. And I thought that was really a cool culture to facilitate. Um, a well, space. And, Sorry. No, yeah. I was just going to say that like, I like, hundred percent. I agree with all of those. And those were certainly reflected in my experience there as well. And like, I've gone to so many karaoke nights where it does feel like 
should I have given them $10? Like, am I, I don't feel like I'm not singing because I'm so far down in the list. Like, it's very weird. And there were times at K karaoke that I put in a second song and never sang it because there were a lot of people there that night. And it was like, yeah, personally, I, I would love to sing. That's fun, but it doesn't matter. Cause that's just how it, like, that's how life works. Like I got in the line. I was, it didn't work out. It's fine. It didn't work out. I got yeah, to experience all of these other people. And that was beautiful. And I loved it. Totally. And you get to go, okay, yeah, I didn't get to sing my last song, which, you know, you might be a little bummed about, but then you also get to go, yeah, but that person that I've never seen before in here got to sing. And this, we wanted, I had gone, Mary, I, Tori, we had all gone to so many karaoke environments where there was an environment of good and bad singers. And that was so gross, is so gross to me. This idea of being good or bad at something like that, I think is horrible. I think yeah. it's really mean. I think it really um, creates a culture of judgment um, yeah. and pretension. So we wanted to create an environment that we don't care your level of, uh, of experience with singing. Yeah. Let's say that you literally have never sang before. We're going to clap just as fucking hard for you. as someone that is like an opera singer or whatever yeah and that yeah and that just creates this environment where we're all just having fun the whole time versus like waiting for the quote-unquote like good singer which what does that even mean but and I will say that like I think there was kind of a a fourth rule that not rule but like a kind of a fourth uh, theme that I saw there that was really that I bring to shows, at least for myself, that I think is really important of like, everyone gets to experience this the way that they want versus like, you have to participate, you have to dance, you have to go up, you have to do this, whatever. You just get to go and however you want to experience this, as long as you're not, you know, like interfering with someone else's experience, hundred percent valid. And you get to do that. You get to sit in the corner and sulk if that's what you want to do by all means. Or if you just want to come and you want to smoke cigarettes outside and that's great. Do you? Yeah, no, that was very important. Um, Thanks for bringing that up because that was something that was very important to us that anyone that's there, it doesn't have to be any one experience. Um, We just wanted that. We wanted one, ex- the, I guess the one part of the variable that we did want to be consistent is that everyone felt seen mm-hmm. and everyone felt um, appreciated because I think too much of our lives, I don't know if you feel this way, but I think so much of our lives um, in our day to day is spent questioning whether we're seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um being a queer person or being, um, I'm sure you can identify with this, you know, um, in your life that being a person that has to think about that regularly, Mm -hmm. whether you're queer, whether you're a person of color, whether you're a woman, um, whatever, you have to question so often in your day to day, am I being seen? Am I being heard? And we wanted to make sure that that environment, that no matter who you were, that we looked you directly in the eyes and said, we like you right now, who you are. That's it. Yep. You're here and that is true. And that makes it perfect. Whoa, for full circle. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad that we talked a lot about karaoke because I think it like, at least for me and how I experience it, I mean, any medium that you partake in like is a mirror for life. Like, I think that's what art is all about. And you could talk about any, any variety of it and it will be a mirror for how you see life and how you experience life. And I, I especially love karaoke because it is such a, a collective thing, even if you are the one singing, like we're all in this room together. And, and I feel that way with shows as well. It's just, obviously you're doing your own music, but any of those like live experiences where we're all just experiencing it together. And it's so immersive because of the music and, you know, we can sing along and, and a, it's, it's a beautiful space. And I'm glad that that's how we connected and got here today. Me and too. it is just a jumping off point for so many other creative endeavors, which I love. And I love to talk about. And I thank you for all of your perspectives. Thank you. I'm, Thank you. And and I'm so glad that we met in that environment too. I feel like there was a collective um, catharsis yeah. in being that vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, going on stage. And that's a not easy thing to do, to go on a stage and sing a song. Totally. And I don't know, there was, I, I, I'm glad that we were able to collectively be together, um, both you and I, but also the hundreds of other people that, it's very cool. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for as much as I have performed, and I'm sure you relate to this as well, like, I love it. It's my favorite thing. There's not, there's nowhere I would rather be than on stage, but I still like get those feelings in my chest that I'm sure everyone gets when I get up there. And, you know, once it starts going and we're all like in the experience, it shifts. But I think there's this maybe misconception that that feeling goes away. And it's like, you're all, no matter how confident you are in yourself, you're always vulnerable and sharing you with other people. Like it just always is because uh, up until that point, it's all within. And then to bring it out is a different experience. And I think that just exists for everyone and it's something to be honored and something to acknowledge that we all experience. And it's not just, you know, it's, it's not like your personal shortcoming to feel it, which I think maybe is a perspective. I 100% agree. It is not a shortcoming in any way. As a matter of fact, it's very human and healthy, I think, to feel that. Um, And it helps build our confidence to be, vulnerable and be authentic um Mm -hmm. and part of being authentic is having a boundary of with yourself and others and say you know you know what getting on a stage and performing is not my thing and that's equally beautiful and equally um we just said that word now it's escaping me equally vulnerable yeah to say that's not my thing um yeah totally I think, I think yeah, and I think just to go back to what I had said before, because I want to clarify that, like, uh, you know, I wish more people didn't see karaoke as something as like you have to be good or bad at it, and that's the reason they don't do it. As like, I just would encourage anybody that like whatever your experience with that or any other art form is, that it's just not coming for, like you're not abstaining because of fear which is also totally fair, but just like to be check in with yourself about that versus 
like you just intentionally like that's not my thing you know like i'm just that's not my thing and i'm totally cool with that and that's totally fine and all feelings obviously are completely valid and fair i just think it's a point of like check in with yourself about why you're choosing to do things you're choosing not to do things like what is true for you in this moment 100 percent. and i think that i want to go back to what you were talking about toward the beginning of our conversation with truth Mm -hmm. um and i think that and this is more, maybe more philosophical than anything else. Um, but your truth is always valid. Yeah. And there's no one on this planet or any other planet that can take that away from you. Yep. And okay. I think that more of us, I think that everyone needs to hear that every once in a while from an external force. Hey, you know what? Not only are you valid, but your way of navigating this planet is valid. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I don't even, I don't have to fucking necessarily be able to see through your eyes to yeah. see your validity. Um, I think that that is what, excuse me, um, my personal hope is to uh, encourage. Yeah. That. I just, yeah. When I think about if we all, internally believed that how different this world would be and I mean it's like don't believe it because someone externally says it to you allow that to be the bridge but also don't believe someone who says your truth isn't valid because they've said it like you would go as far as say don't don't believe anything anyone tells you believe yourself yeah 100 percent. maybe that's a little dramatic but I think that but that's the truth it is the truth. I mean, that's something I told uh, uh, my nephews a while back. Um, I was like, don't believe anything that anybody tells you. That yeah. includes adults. Mm-hmm. No, trust yourself and trust your heart. If that, if somebody says that that is truth and it doesn't feel like truth to you, ignore it. And I think that we all need to, like you said, that's our bridge, hearing Mm -hmm. it externally. And then we need to come back to ourselves, come home and say, okay, well, what is my truth? What is, how do I feel? Yeah. Um, Yeah. That is the question that I think is so, so simple and transformative. What is my truth? What is my truth right now? What has been my truth? Like. Simple, transformative, but I'd like to add one more thing to that. Incredibly difficult. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I think that I want to acknowledge that because I think sometimes there's, you'll read an article or something and it's like, how easy is it to change your way of thinking? And it's like, no, no, it's not easy. It actually fucking sucks. And it takes like years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to like put words to like, that's not easy or chill. Like, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I think that is something that gets misconstrued a lot is this word simple as being easy. Totally. Like, I think that's just like naturally where we go. And that's just not like <laughs> the answers to just about everything really are simple, but they yep. are not usually easy. 100%. Thank you for that. That differentiate a uh, differentiation. Is that a word? Yeah. <laughs> um, because it takes practice, mm. you know, um, Bob Ross, one of his um, things that he said was that, uh, and I could be misquoting, so I apologize if I am, but in a nutshell, he said, 
if you practice something, you can do it. Yeah. And yeah. it's so validating and empowering to hear someone of his extreme talent say that. And it's just the hard truth. If yeah. you can, if you just do it over and over and over and over and over and over, you can do it. Well, and that, like. as you're saying, it's like, if you do it over and over, you are doing it, right? Like that you're is the thing. Like success. Yeah. I, I was listening to someone uh, yesterday saying like, if you were to practice piano, how would you do it? And they were like, well, I would sit down. Well, I, would, I would play it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like practice is just this act of continually doing the thing and learning and growing within it. Yes. And failing over and over and over and over. Yeah. Happy that's what I keep coming back to like, I think, you know, as a coach, like it's, it's very easy to think like, okay, we're going to switch this mindset. And then that's it. Like we just switch it. Like kind of what you said, like you just switch it and then that's it. And it's like, the practice of changing your mindset or shifting how you're being in the world is always a practice. Like yes, my personal journey with anxiety is like anxious is a feeling that will always occur. My mm-hmm. practice is how I interact with it. And yes. I, I think about that with art and anything in your life is like, there's the feelings and the actions and the practice is the being within it. I could not agree more. And I think that that's why it's so crucial to come back, mm-hmm. come back to yourself. I, you brought up anxiety and I think this is such a good example. Um, to sit in that and to name it, you know, yeah. to say, who am I sitting with right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm sitting with anxiety. Hello, yeah. anxiety. I acknowledge you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sitting with disappointment. Okay. Hello, disappointment. You're there. I see you. You're not my enemy. Right. I'm not avoiding you. I'm not fighting you. I'm acknowledging you and I'm moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to come back. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's the practice is to come back home and yep. say, okay, I'm here. My anxiety is here. We are not separate from each other. Totally. Right. And um, I think that's how we heal is to acknowledge that these are valid feelings. Totally. And okay. And you are not bad for feeling them. Totally. Yeah. I love how you said that. Cause it really is that you're just sitting with it. Like it's just, it's a, all of the spectrum of feelings are just a part of your experience. They're just there with you. And it the was- more that we try to push them out of the car, like that's where, suffering comes in right because <laughs> it's right. like well but I'm I'm literally attached to you so like could you let me back in please <laughs> I, I I don't know if you know this but I um teach meditation and one of the things that I teach is to observe mm-hmm. acknowledge and move forward I love it so whatever feeling you're feeling let's say you're feeling happiness acknowledge that that you're feeling happiness name the happiness, go, okay, I see you happiness. And then go, all right, going somewhere else. I love it. That's so similar. Like I have my own three-step sort of process of like awareness and then acceptance, and then you take action. And I think it's very near that like same thing. I think that maybe we're doing the same thing. I love it. 
Yeah, I, I like that's that. And I think universal that, like experience. That's what I, I love when when those things pop up in different ways of like we're experiencing this with different words. Sure. Sure. And and from our own truth. Mm-hmm. Um and how we observe the world. I mean, there's <laughs> there's no one way up the mountain, right? Yeah, totally. And uh I don't know. I think that sometimes our process or the art process that we do is sometimes that in itself. It's an acknowledgement mm-hmm. of something that we sit with. Yeah, I love that. Yes, that's beautiful. And then the witnessing of it is the acknowledgement of another person's truth. And, and the moving on is is letting it go. Mm-hmm. Okay, I drew that picture. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's done. I'm going to move on to something else. Yeah. I like that. Well, what is next for you, River? Today or? Yeah, in life, today, tomorrow. Whatever that question means. That's a great question. Um, Today, I plan on hanging out with my sibling. Uh, They're going to come over and pick me up. We're actually vaccinated, so we can do that now. I'm going to hug someone today. Oh, my gosh. That's a celebration. That is a celebration. And as far as like um, art goes, because this is an art podcast, I would say um, I, I plan on starting a drawing tomorrow. I think I'm going to draw a bird. Yeah, I love it. I love your bird drawings. They're so great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Thanks. Okay, well, is there anything else that you would like, to, a, a final piece of wisdom you would like to impart upon our listeners? Piece of wisdom. Yeah, I guess so. Take your own advice. You're the you're the wisest person you know. I love it. Perfection. Yeah, perfection. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, much, River. This was so great. And I am so excited for everyone to hear this. Thank you. And thanks for having me. I feel really touched that you asked for me to be here. And it was really fun. Thank you. Yay. Okay, we will see you next time. Cool. (laughs) Bye. Bye. If this podcast inspired you, the next best step is to book a call with me. The link is in the show notes, and together we'll have you creating more art and more change. You are magic. Let's show the world. Talk soon.